Today we're going to continue our series on marriage, the series that we began during our last broadcast. Those of you who were with us at that time will recall that we were discussing the whole situation in our country today where people are saying, saying to our young people and teaching them even in educational institutions that marriage is optional. Uh, in fact, we're getting, even before some of our state legislatures, bills that might permit marriage on sort of a uh, uh, annual renewable basis like insurance policies. Well, we were trying to make clear that marriage can never be looked at as an option of that sort because marriage is not of human origin. Marriage was ordained by God as a foundation stone for human society. In fact, as we saw last time, marriage is looked upon in Proverbs 2.17 and in Malachi 2.14 as a covenant ordained by God, the most solemn of all arrangements of which the scriptures speak, the very same kind of solemn uh, arrangement that was used in speaking of our relationship to God uh, in salvation through Jesus Christ, the new covenant. Therefore, our young people need to be taught, and they need to be taught freshly again from the Word of God, all these matters about marriage. They need to be taught that marriage is something which is not optional, but which God ordained, and therefore must be looked upon as a serious matter. It cannot be taken lightly. It is not merely a civil option invented by man. Now today we want to go a step further in our discussion of marriage. And we want to try to understand the fundamental purpose of marriage. Some people have taught that marriage is fundamentally for the purpose of propagating the human race. Well, if that were so, then it would not require marriage. Uh, animals do not marry, but they can propagate their race. There is no need for uh, marriage in order to propagate the human race. The human race could be propagated perhaps even more rapidly by uh, just simple copulation without marriage itself. Uh, the idea that, that the human race should be propagated uh, uh, through marriage and that that is its fundamental and basic purpose is one that has done a great deal of harm to the institution of marriage because it misses the fundamental and basic thrust and the most uh, uh, fundamental uh, biblical concept that is in the marriage relationship. So we need to sweep that out of our minds. Of course, this is one of the ways that God has ordained. This is the way that God has ordained, and it is one of the things he has ordained that will happen through marriage. But that's quite secondary to the fundamental and major purpose of marriage. What is that major purpose? You remember, of course, do you not, back in the second chapter of Genesis, verse 18, after God created the man, and after he gave him uh, his commands to cultivate the garden and keep it and to watch out for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then it says in verse 18, God looked at man and he said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Marriage is the answer to that situation. Marriage is the answer to man's loneliness. Marriage is the answer to the problem of intimacy, which we're going to discuss later, to the problem of companionship, which we are discussing today as perhaps the greatest and most overarching purpose that we can find in the Word of God. Companionship is the answer in marriage. That is exactly what God calls marriage when he speaks of it as a covenant. 
Last time we looked at Proverbs 2 and we looked at Malachi 2. Now notice again in those two passages, Proverbs 2.17 reads this way, that the adulteress leaves the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. When she breaks covenant with her husband, when she breaks the marriage covenant by adultery, notice how it's described in the other part of the couplet, she leaves the companion of her youth. This is a covenant of companionship. The most fundamental element of that covenantal relationship is companionship. It is that which deals with that loneliness of which God originally spoke. Interesting how all covenants that we read about in the scripture have that note of companionship related to them. I will be your God and you will be my people. God is our companion, a people that God has ordained to be his people in a peculiar and unusual way uh, for his fellowship and his companionship. Companionship is built into this covenantal relationship that we see in the scriptures between God and his people. And companionship is built into that covenantal relationship between a man and his wife. Notice in the other passage where we re read about the uh, covenantal nature of, God, of the marriage relationship, what God says. He says in Malachi 2.14, The Lord has been a witness between you and the wife of your youth, against whom you have dealt treacherously, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant. What this covenant does is to establish first and foremost and fundamentally a relationship of deep intimacy called companionship. A husband and a wife covenant to be together in close relationship to one another, closer than any other two human beings on the face of this earth. They have become first and foremost companions one of the other. Now this is a wonderful thing to realize about marriage, that its most fundamental element is companionship. That's why divorce, you see, is such a terrible thing. That's why adultery is such a terrible thing, because these, in a, a very terrible way, destroy that close relationship which God has provided in marriage. Every person needs somebody who is closer to him or to her than anybody else in all the world, than any other human being. Someone with whom you can let down your hair. Someone to whom you can tell your worries, your fears, your troubles, your heartaches. Someone with whom you can share the joys and happinesses of your life. Someone who will pray with you and for you, who will know your foibles and still love you. Someone who will continue to be by your side during trouble or sickness or heartache or death. Whatever it may be, your companion, you're not alone any longer when there is marriage. Marriage is a covenant of companionship. And that's the wonderful thing about it, that in every way must be continued to be built and nurtured. This is the very fundamental element of marriage above all others. Uh, adultery is a cause for divorce in the scriptures, but it doesn't necessarily break a marriage in, in and of itself. It is a way of forsaking that companion, but there can be reconciliation. Com marriage is not 
brought about by the relationship of two persons sexually coming together, as many people think it is. That's only one phase or one aspect of this greater whole, which is the matter of companionship. Sexual companionship is a part of companionship as a whole. And that's why it is not necessarily, marriage is not necessarily broken by adultery. There can be restoration and there can be a healing and there can be a wholeness and even a deeper and richer companionship that can develop out of genuine forgiveness and repentance and the building of a new life. We see that all the time in our counseling center. And so we want earnestly to say to you that whatever your marriage is, you must work at making it the kind of companionship between two people that really brings them closely together in a, a, a measure of real depth. Lord, make us companions of one another in marriage, we pray. For Christ's sake, amen.